Hey everyone, welcome back to the Improv TX Comedy Network. If this is your first time checking out the podcast network, we appreciate it. Please head over to your favorite podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, or iTunes, and give the Improv TX Comedy Network a like. And just a reminder, the Improv TX Comedy Network is live on YouTube with all your favorite comedians on the improv stage. All links can be found in the description. And with that, on to the podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Act Out from Open Mic to the Big Stage. Comedians tell us how stories were made. My name is Duck. Today, I'm with what I think definitely in my top 500% of Comedians DFW. First time I saw you, you were doing a guest spot for Monique. Yep. In the Arlington Improv. And oh my god, you fucking killed it. It was so good. Hilarious. But even before the guest spot... You had me cracking up so much. And I that Ninja Turtle you were talking about? Oh, my God. Yes. That <laughs> evidently, uh, the bartender got you really drunk. You said, what'd you say? Well, no, she she mixed up a drink. She's like, hey, I just made this drink. I call it a Ninja Turtle. Try it. And I drank it, and I was cool until I realized I was sweating so hard that all my makeup, <laughs> like my makeup was melting. I was, because I got my whole face done. And I was like. What the fuck? <laughs> like you was just seeping through my pores and the makeup was just melting. I was like, shit, let me just let me just go in the bathroom and wipe all of this off. I was like, oh. <laughs> so we got Jal Judah. Is it Jal Judah D or just Jal Judah? It's Jal Judah. The only reason I put D on there is because somebody reported my page to Facebook mm-hmm. as not a real page. And so they're like, scan your ID. So I took my business card and slid it over my ID and like, I had to put a last name, so that's the only reason it says Jow Judy D. That's what I was thinking, because I, I, I... It pissed me off. Like, they're like, are oh, you not a real person? You have to provide your ID and prove it, and now yeah. you can't change your name. I was like... I don't know how I got away with Ducky Winslow on there, either. Like, bro, so... Like, nobody reported you. People be petty. Yeah, that's weird. People be petty. I have so, people go back for, like, five years and report shit I posted. Oh, that's so. ridiculous. Uh, but Jow Judah. Yeah, we got Jow Judah on the show. Super excited Hi. for you to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. How long have you been doing comedy? Has it been 10, 13 It'll years? It'll be 10 years on October the 9th, and I'll be in L.A. doing Chocolate Sunday. So oh, that's awesome. That's what is Chocolate Sunday? Um, so, it is at the Laugh Factory. So, basically, it's... A whole bunch of black people getting a three-minute chance to make people laugh. Oh, that's awesome. So, Chocolate Sunday. When is that again? Um, It is October the 9th. It is in Los Angeles at the Laugh Factory. I'm excited. So, if y'all see me begging for money within the next few weeks, (laughs) that's why. Because plane tickets are very expensive. Yes, they are. Hotels are even more expensive. And I do not want to stay in La Adventurer again. The prostitutes were very nice there. But I don't want (laughs) to stay in the hotel ever again in that side of L.A. So you did go to L.A. for a while, too. Did, were you living there or just? Um, no, I went for the Comics Rock Convention two years in a row. The first year, I did really good. I was killing it. I won my showcase. I got to do five tour dates with Hope Flood. The next year, I went out there. Unfortunately, I did not realize my kidneys were failing what? while I was there because I was sick. My legs were, like, swelling. I felt like crap. And when I got back, like, I was just so sick. And I had to be admitted to the hospital. And they're like, yeah, you only have 20% of your kidneys left. So, yeah, we got to send you to Parkland. And that kind of just, it derailed everything because yeah. I felt like my career was getting really good yeah. at that point. And then it just. So, you had to take care of yourself for a time. Yeah, and that's why I left the DFW because, like, um, I was working in downtown Dallas. Uh, you remember when that guy had shot at the parade? Mm-hmm. I was working downtown in, like, the really big building with the green, and I was working in that building. 
And I remember my manager was like, oh, y'all can't be afraid. Da, 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 da. I was like, bitch, I quit. Like, there's people <laughs> shooting down here at this job at a call center working yeah. for Marlboro. Girl, kiss my ass. Not worth it. And after that, I just, you know, I couldn't afford my apartment. So me and my family packed up and moved back home because I'm sick. We broke. Too much shit was happening. And So where's home at? Where are you from? I am from a very small community called Bland Lake, Texas. It is outside of a very shitty town called St. Augustine. <laughs> like... I lived in the woods. I was the only kid, like, literally for decades. I was the only child there. Yeah. Like, so and I loved it. Big family then? Um, Kind of, but I'm the youngest, so everybody is grown and gone and having kids and doing stuff, and it's just me. Like, my mom was married at 15, had a kid at 15, had a kid at 16, then had another one in her 20s, and then me in her 30s, and... Like, all my siblings were good and grown by the mm. time I came around, so. Yeah. So, what was it like being a kid? Like, was it fun? Were you the funny kid? For the most part, yeah. Just, I talk a lot. You're so naturally funny. Like, I just imagine it being like that when you were younger, too. Yeah. I used to have a cousin that would laugh at me all the time, and I would get so mad. Because I didn't understand. <laughs> I didn't understand why my mom's like, he's laughing at you because you're smart. And I was like, I don't like it. But now, <laughs> now I get paid for it. So, I guess it worked out. Yeah. So, so you're cracking up your cousin. How about in school? Were you like the class clown? The thing is, I was really funny at school, and I should have got that fucking class clown plaque, which I'm going to make my own because you do anything <laughs> on the internet. But they're like, oh, you missed too many days of school to get girl. Fuck you, Miss Horton. Um, but yeah, like I was just wilding out because like I was bullied and like what they say, the only way to keep from crying is laughing and yeah. and keep from beating a bitch ass. So like, you know, I was funny. I made my friends laugh. I cracked up. I actually think I wrote my first joke at 14 in the middle of a Brookshire Brothers because <laughs> he has a grocery store. I saw this article about Martha Stewart. And at the time, I don't know what my beef with Martha Stewart was. <laughs> That's like when she was doing all that shit on TV. And I made a joke about her trying to wash a cat, bathe the cat and get mauled. And like I acted out the scene in the middle of the grocery store. My mom was like in tears. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Yeah, cool. So I got this. Yeah. I had a pastor tell me, oh my God, you should be a comedian. I'm like, Okay. Yeah. But so, I was like a kid at the time, so I'm like, okay. But whatever. so people were kind of putting the idea in your head at that time, and and you're it, you're doing the act out, which is one of the hardest things to do in comedy. But at 14, me. I mean, shit, I watched a lot of anime. I, shit, I was probably trying to go Super Saiyan at some point. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> so, so did you ever watch a comedian? Like, who was the first comedian that really inspired you? Oh, my dad loved comedy. Mm -hmm. Like my dad. Watch Cheech and Chong and Richard Pryor. I just not realized my dad smoked weed. Oh, uh, <laughs> Cheech and Chong. <laughs> like, we watched so much Cheech and Chong as a kid. I'm like, why the hell? I didn't get it, but, you know, I was like five. Like, like uh, Richard Pryor, I was watching Friday when I was a kid. Like, they took me to Walmart to meet Debo because his family's from my area. Mm -hmm. Technically, he's my cousin on my dad's side. And he did, like, uh, you know, a meet and greet. And I met him. He was like, you too young to watch Friday. And I was like, eh. But, yeah, like, my dad was, like, the main person behind me liking comedy. Because he watched a lot of, you know, comedy movies. Harlem Nights. Uh, we were watching Friday. We were watching so much Eddie Murphy. Oh, my God. The Beverly Hill Cops. Like, that was my shit. Golden Child. Like, you know. Yeah. So, I'm trying to think of the first comedy special I saw was maybe Raw. Yeah. I think that's, like, one of the first ones I remember. But then I remember, like, staying up to watch, like, Comic View as a kid. So, it's, like, it's it's everywhere. The Comic View, for me, I always watch that. And I watch Comedy Central Presents. And so, those were, like, the backbone of, like, where I love comedy. Oh, yeah, you know the Quintessential. Central. Yeah. And then, like, my uncles, like, the, like, Jesus Christ, my uncles were so 
funny. Like, I had one uncle, every time he would come, he had a different car, but it always smelled like black and mild. <laughs> like, he would while I get drunk and play on the piano. And, like, they remind me of, like, Eddie Griffin. Like, like, mm-hmm. my, like my uncle reminded me of an Eddie Griffin type. But it's just, like, my dad's side of the family, they're really funny. And, like, when I was saying, you know, you got to laugh to keep from crying, like, they were orphans. They ended up raising each other. Their brother was adopted out to Dallas because he was a baby. So, it was like, they went through a lot of stuff, but they were really funny people right so it's just like it's always something to laugh about you know so i like what you said earlier you know because the bully thing i was bullied too a lot and so i would find out if i can make my bully laugh they wouldn't beat the shit out of me and that made the world a difference so you had boy bullies i had girl bullies oh they're worse psychological (laughs) warfare yes bro yes they are way worse uh it's not it's not fun it really isn't but like my bully got 10 kids now fuck that bitch yeah yeah (laughs) if you see this fuck you and your 10 children when was like the moment you decided to try comedy october of 2013 the crazy thing is when i was pregnant I used to ride the bus. I talked to the bus driver. He's like, you're funny. I want to send you like that little acting school. And he's like, I'll do all this and da-da-da. And I'm like, dude, I'm pregnant. I'm not trying to do all that. That was like in 2009. I was like, if I do comedy, you know, it's it's cool whenever. But I didn't decide to do it until my dad passed away. And I was like, you know what? My dad always made people laugh. And, you know, he likes, you know, making people laugh. And that seemed to make him happy. I was like, I'm going to try it. And if I suck at it, nobody will ever know. Cause I'm gonna use a fake name, but if I'm good at it, uh, I'll come back, you know, once a week, once a month to try to do it, you know, but dude, like I hit that stage, I did my five minutes, like people were standing up clapping and I was like, Oh, oh wow. shit. I was wow. like, okay, I'll be back next week. <laughs> they were like, how long you been doing comedy? I was like, five minutes. <laughs> I was like, bro, this is it. I was like, I'm addicted. This is it. Because my best friend came with me, and she's like, oh, my God, bitch. I was like, I know. So you killed it from moment one. The bo- first time, I was like, oh, shit. And my first day was about sucking dick. So, <laughs> I mean, so I like, were you Dude. nervous at all? Or were you just like, ah, I'll just get on stage. Because I was like, if I suck, I'm never coming back. So yeah. I just got up there. I just like balls to the wall, did it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll come back next week. I could see you being good from the very beginning. Because so. I loved it. I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, this, this is it. Like, my first time on stage felt like being in love with somebody, and they love you back. And yeah. I was like, oh. Oh yeah, this this is the validation yeah. I needed. I, I need to talk to my therapist about this. This is the validation I needed. <laughs> so, did you write anything, or you just kind of had an idea that you were going to talk about that? It's just stuff that I talked about, and I was like, eh, off the dome. Let me try it because I I didn't know shit about the actual workings of comedy. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, okay, let me go up here and say this funny shit, and then go. And like it was going good, and then the third week I had a lull. I was like, oh, I, I think I need to write stuff. Yeah. Okay, let me write some stuff. So yeah. So how was that process of finding your like your writing style? Did you take a class or did you you just all naturally went in and just? Well, I've always been a writer. Like I used to write. Po- My mom has books of poetry and shit that I used to write from a kid. Like Jesus Christ. Like if I look at it now, like oh Lord. Um, but <laughs> I've always been a writer. Like little short stories, uh, poetry. Like I never wrote a whole song, just like verses and stuff like that. So I was like, I've always been a writer so it was something that kind of came naturally to me but i had a strategy i went in there and i was like who's the funniest motherfucker at this open mic and i want them to be my mentor and at the time it was milka miller mm-hmm. and i was like okay well you're gonna be my mentor even though he called me miss piggy oh. it pissed me off because like after i got off stage he's like give it up for miss piggy i was like bitch because <laughs> i didn't know comedians rosie joe i was like bitch yeah but like you know he Helped me kind of figure out, okay, write and do this and that. And it helped me discover, like, he can stand in an empty room and perform 
he can stand on this stage and perform to these chairs. I can't, I don't work like that. I had to have energy. Yeah. I'd have that back and forth energy. I can stand up here and say my set, but if I'm not feeling that back and forth energy, I'm not really into it. Right. Like some people are scrambling, read their stuff. I can't do that before I go on stage because if I do it, I'm going to just be in my head. So I got to be like, okay, dot, 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 hit these points and go. So it's like I've learned what works, what doesn't work, what puts pressure on myself, what doesn't. So it's been like, you know, a learning process. I'm still trying to learn, you know, different stuff with the way everybody's doing stuff on TikTok and Instagram. I'm not. Yeah, the social media aspect of it is huge. And you would be really great at social media because I feel like you improv when you're on stage. You play with stuff and you play with the audience. You know what I'm I mean? good on social media if my face don't have to be on it. It's something about being like in front of a camera that makes me <laughs> self-conscious. But like on Clubhouse, I was ki- – oh, my yeah. God, I was killing it on Clubhouse. What's in Clubhouse? In quarantine, oh, it's an app where like you can go and you have discussions with people. You, like you have a little picture on there, but you don't have to see each other. You just talk. I was killing it. I was doing over mics on there. I won oh, a wow. contest uh, with the Laugh Factory, which I still got to call that in because I'm supposed to – have a little spot or whatever but it's just like i was meeting other comics uh charlie talbert like he's dope he's a writer he was uh angus you remember the movie angus yeah yeah it was him that's him he's oh, really that's cool crazy. i connected better with rodney perry there like oh god i love rodney he'll be here i think in like september so i gotta pop up um but i was connecting with, like other people and meeting other comics and stuff and like i was just open micing like pr- like fixing jokes building jokes and like it kind of helped and i was also using a live show I was doing like little shows on there and yeah, open yeah. mics and stuff. So yeah, it's like during COVID, I was like, okay, let me try to work some of this shit out because I was not really trying to do shows because you know I don't really have kidneys, so I can't just yeah you don't be out there raw dog in the air and shit. So yeah, live show is pretty great app too because oh, yeah. yeah, you can get on there and do an open mic almost every hour of the day. So oh yeah, and they they like have it where you can um record your shows live and stuff and. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're cool. Yeah, it's a really cool app. I suggest everyone try it out at least once. If it's not your thing, that's fine. And it records your set for you, yeah. and you can save it and go over your set like that. Like, I got so many of them damn things saved. Yeah. That's the thing I was wondering. Do you make up a lot of your set on stage, or do you have a set like, these are my jokes? Because it feels like you're always playing with the audience constantly. Like, since COVID, I have a set that I've been running, and, like, now that I'm back on stage and I can open mic again, because, like, I haven't been to a mic Oh, my God, because there are no mics there, really. Yeah. So I haven't been to an open mic in, like, five years. I've just been doing shows and, like, trying to run stuff there. And yeah, but you're kind of at the conducive. point where you don't need the open mics anymore because you're good. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, but it's like really sometimes good. I like to work some ideas because sometimes the way my mind works, I'm like, ooh, Jesus. Yeah. But um, I know in my head what I want to do. And then sometimes, like, I'll get on stage and I'll just autopilot. And, like, somebody, like, oh, that was really funny what you said. I'm like, what did I say? And like, I was like, oh, shit, I did say that. So sometimes it's like autopilot and I just blank and I go and I just do it. And then I'm like, oh, shit, I did say that. That's funny. I should I should probably write that down. Yeah. Or do you record your sets? Or do you- uh, Sometimes. Like, the majority of my sets that I had recorded before, you know, everything happened, my phone got stolen. And, like, all of it was on oh. that. And I was like, and I had to erase it. And I was, oh, I was so pissed about that. Yeah, I would have been super frustrated. But I'm starting to try to record now. I'm trying to get some decent um cameras because like the iphone cool but this one is this shit oh i don't yeah. upgrade i'm prepaid <laughs> i don't get no upgrade upgrade is going on amazon and finding whatever they got that's in my price range. i was gonna ask uh, the podcast you do two podcasts right mm-hmm. what are they called again a uh, couple of blurs that's my main podcast with my boyfriend and i have one called fat girl magic it was on hiatus until the move so 
once I get everything set up and we get our little space rebuilt, then I can start back doing it. But it's weird because I have to talk to myself mm -hmm. and I don't like talking to myself out loud. The conversation I have in my head is fine. Me and the bitches be mean. <laughs> but like just to talk to myself and then like, here world. So that's, it takes a, a lot of talent to do that. There are certain comedians, like Bill Burr is the, probably one of the best oh known God, comedians. So but he does that where he just talks out everything. And that's what it's my boyfriend hard. does on his podcast. Yeah. I'm like, how the hell do you, because he's like, I know he's well past 200 episodes. It's like, how the hell do you do that? It's, that is talent. I tried it one time. I hated it. I was like, I'm never doing this again. But what I was going to say is, do you ever go back to your podcast and get material from them? Not really. I probably should. Yeah. Because like my cousin will listen to it. She'll be like, girl, you said that. That, that, that was so funny. I'm like, okay, girl. Mm, That's what crazy, Bill Burr so. does, though. He goes back to his podcast and pulls like 90% of his stand-up from it at this point. Like, it's insane. Man, so, it could work. I might have to yeah. try it. Cause... How many episodes are you in now? On a couple of blurts, I want to say almost 40. Oh, wow. And on Fat Girl Magic, it's just three because we just started it. And then we got in the process of moving. And that took up so much, so much time because yeah. we was like up here every week at apartments trying to get paperwork done, get stuff done. Like the drive was killer. Sometimes we drive four hours up, drive four hours back, or drive and stay the night. It's just, it, it shouldn't be that hard to get an apartment. Like, do y'all want our money or not? Like, <laughs> How are you doing with the kidneys and everything? They still don't work. Yeah. Oh, sh I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, it's cool. I've accepted it. Just like my baby daddy, they let me down when I needed them the most. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so I'm, no, I joke about it. It's like, I, I joke about I can't joke about it in front of black crowds because they get sad. <laughs> but like white people are like oh god that's funny i was like thank you but it's just like i mean i've accepted it it is what it is um i'm getting my 40 acres and a mule through the money they're paying for my treatment i don't know if i want to transplant or not because that seems like a lot of work but you said you do dialysis right now yeah it's boring yeah. it's book I, I, i'd be writing during that time or playing switch or something bro like i just that. sit for five hours and watch tiktok and sleep just and that's there. daily uh, uh three days a week oh wow it's boring it's like a really boring job that nobody <laughs> fucking wants <laughs> Oh, that sucks. I'm sorry you're going through that. Definitely probably do the kidney at some point. Yeah. Eh, I will, but like they'll pay for dialysis until the day I die. But kidney transplant, oh, we only pay for shit for three years. Oh, wow. Then you pay out of pocket. Oh, Those meds are like rent. Case. Like my cousin was paying thirteen to $1,800 a month for his anti-rejection drugs. What? Mm-hmm. Wow. He had his kidney for 20 years. Wow. And then his kidney ended up failing, and then he ended up having heart issues, and he passed away. But thirteen to $1,800 a month for yeah. meds. But, um... What's the dude who owns the uh, Mavericks? Mark Cuban? Yeah, I think so. Shout out to him because he has a uh, pharmacy website where you can get your medication for super fucking yeah. cheap. Like even the transplant meds are super cheap. So if you're struggling to pay for your meds, check out his stuff. Like oh, look that's up awesome. Mark Cuban Pharmacy and like it's super cheap. Do you, do you ever talk about this on stage? Um, I did more so during Clubhouse mm -hmm. and uh, doing like those mics and stuff. Um, I came up with a joke about um like get a kidney from a bodybuilder so i can get my summer body ready because obviously <laughs> this not it or from an accountant so i can get a house or from a gay dude so i get a man like you know just stuff like that and um like i have a whole set about it. i got a whole set about my funeral but like black crowds get real like yeah oh like oh jesus christ and i'm like no don't be sad it's funny yeah laugh at this why do you think that it has that reaction you know black and white crowds know. or different crowds because we'll laugh about slavery but y'all can't laugh about kidney failure yeah. like goddamn y'all know i was eating soul food and shit and goddamn I'm, greens cooked in grease shit. I, you said one of the funniest fucking things ever to me 
whenever that whole drama over the rope being stolen at the Harlequin Oh, prom, my God. And you were like, what black folks you know who's going to steal, steal a fucking rope? <laughs> like, what the fuck? I forgot about that. That shit was so How ridiculous. How the fuck did you, did you think about that <laughs> Because shit? I remember it to this day because it was one of the funniest fucking things I've ever heard because I was not expecting like, it. <laughs> and this is at the beginning of like my journey in comedy, like working at the clubs. How did you get on the Monique show? Okay. Uh, that's Okay, that's a little bit of a long story. Okay, it actually started here. So crazy thing was I had tickets to see Eddie Griffin. He's supposed to be here. Last minute cancel the reschedule and they're like hey here's your money back then i saw monique was coming i was like hell yeah bitch i called my best <laughs> friend i was like hey these motherfuckers like 160 dollars for two tickets you coming like if i'm gonna spend this money you coming and she's like okay yeah so we came and i was sitting like literally like right in this area where my bags and stuff are and like she came on stage and like i just had a moment and i was like Oh shit! Cause it was like, it's when I first started doing comedy. People were like, oh, you need to dress more feminine. You you don't talk about stuff like that's not lady. Like mm. no man wants here. And I was like really struggling because I'm like my shit's funny. Yeah. Like, but do I need to change it? And I stood like I sat in that seat and I watched her talk about sucking dick and all this shit. And I was like, I paid 160 dollars to hear her say the type of shit I say for free. I was like, I'm not changing shit. Yeah. Like, she hugged me. Like she walked through and she hugged me. Yeah. After the show, and like, cause we've been making eye contact, she hugged me and she talked to me, and I was like, oh, spiritual fucking moment. Cause I've been watching Monique since I was a little fan. Yeah, me too. So I was like, oh. So when she came to Arlington, like, I wrote her a letter. I sat down and I wrote her a letter, and I was like, thank you so much for doing what you do. Because people had me feeling so bad for the, you know, the way that I was talking and the way that I was dressing and the things that I'm doing. I was like, you've motivated me to continue doing comedy. I was like, I'm only six months in, and they really had me ready to quit. And. I saw Tom X and I was like, could you get this to Monique? And he was like, yeah, no problem. And he went to the back and I'm sitting at the bar talking, being funny, doing shit. And this lady comes out and she's like, Monique wants to see you after the show. Or no, Monique wants to see you. And it's Robin. Miss Robin. Yeah, yeah. Her, her cousin. Um, And doesn't she like manage or something? Yeah. And she pulled me to the back and Monique talks to me and she was like, you have five to 10 minutes on tomorrow night's show. And I was like. <laughs> I was so fucked up. I was driving out the parking lot of the improv with no headlights on. I was like, shit. I was like, okay, I might want to turn these on. I might want to turn these on. <laughs> and I went back the next night and like six months of comedy, I had my first guest spot. And I could tell like from the recording, I was like a little, because I was nervous, but I did it and I did good. And she was like, oh, you did good, baby. And I was like, <laughs> you know, and like the reaction from other comics is what kind of just threw me off a little bit. Some of them were like, oh, shit, that's dope. And someone was like, so who dick did you suck to get? And yeah. I was like, bro, what the fuck? Yeah, that's, but that's the reaction from, especially, like, the fuck, especially bro? in the community. Like they love it or hate it or they pretend they love it and they hate it. And like, who knows? But at the end of the day, it's your time on stage. Yeah. And I was and like, what that's you were my able to do. comedic hero. I was like, so like, like when you see sticks with Eddie Griffin, I was like, that's his hero. That's dope. That's awesome to see you interacting with these people. Like, I am so happy for him. I fucking love it. Yeah. But then they were like, oh, so how did you, how did you even, like, I'm like. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, your journey ain't my journey. I'm like. No, then that's exactly the thing. Like, uh, uh, there's a comedian I did a podcast with. I, my, his name is gone out of my head right now. But uh, he did the same thing where his third show, 
he was in front of 3,000 people. Jesus That's Christ. insane. Like, what is his name? It's Paul Jairus. Paul oh, Jairus. Yeah, that motherfucker is yeah. a beast. Yeah, so Paul Jairus, he, he was on the podcast here. He was in town. That's and my he's homie. Like, I was messaging my yeah. dad. Like, oh, that's was awesome. Bastard? Yeah, because he's from Arlington. So I got to ask you this. I'm large, you know, and you make a lot of jokes about your weight. Right? Mm-hmm. Is that hard for you? Because, like, my jokes no. are about my weight. It's not hard for me. I'm blatantly I, fat. Yeah, but somebody roasted me the other day, and I was like, oh. <laughs> I don't roast. I, that is one thing I see y'all been doing. I will never. Because you I'm going to be say, so good at it. No, though. I'm not. Because I'm sensitive. I will cry in the car, but I will say, I, if I roast, I'm going for a headshot immediately. I want to say some shit that makes you, that people got to haul you back. Oh, I'm a fat bitch. That's why your grandma ain't got no leg, bitch. Like, what? <laughs> what? Tell that diabetic bitch she fat. Like, what? What? That's like, what I'm saying. You'd be so good at no, it. No, I would not because I can't fight. I, I low blow. We're like, oh. You need to do it. Oh, because I hit hard because I'll find some deep, dark shit. Oh. Yes. That's oh, my baby daddy left me, but your child died. So he didn't want to be with you either. <laughs> so we both alone, bitch. Like, no. Like, <laughs> no. You don't understand. I, that would be so much fun, though. It'd be so much fun. I would love it. Yeah, yeah I'm telling you, you got to come out to Will Call and roast. Like, it's so much fun. And then the other thing we do is we do five-minute sets, and then we do two-minute heckle. We let the audience heckle. Nope. I can't do that either. You can't do that? No, because I'm a cuss ass. No. That's good. I don't like being juggled. No. I hate it. Yeah. I feel like, why are you fucking with me? (laughs) I'm disabled. (laughs) Leave me alone. (laughs) I got my placard. Stop. (laughs) I love it. I love being heckled. It's one of my favorite things because it's like, oh, I wasn't prepared for that, so fuck you. I don't. I'm good. I'm straight. No, that is so. Uh, Have you been heckled before? Yes. I'm like, what the fuck, bitch? Shut the fuck up. I am a Leo. This is my moment. Leave me the fuck alone. Like. That's the way to deal with it, though, is just tell them to get the fuck out or whatever, you know? I hate it. Yeah. (laughs) So what was it like the first time you hosted a gig? Where was the first place you went? The crazy thing is, I probably hosted like three or four times. Yeah, and I'm like, what the fuck? Um, I don't remember the first time I hosted. I was probably a hot fucking mess, but I remember. Um, you get nervous before you go up? Oh, it's adrenaline. Yeah, I don't call it nervous. I call it adrenaline. I call it excitement. Because if I don't get it, then I was like, oh shit, it's gonna suck. Yeah, but like the one of the first time I remember is when I worked with Arsenio Hall. Oh, like wow. I, I was his feature. Which kind of slash, and then I had to bring him up, which that shit was so dope. Yeah. Because I grew up watching him. Yeah. Sitting in the bed, talking about, whoop, whoop, whoop. Yeah. Five years what was that, like, the whoop, dog whoop, pound? <laughs> like. Because you don't remember, like, your senior heart, he's like, whoop, yeah, whoop, yeah. Whoop. yeah. I was like, oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, and, he, and he's he's so professional. It's he's ridiculous. So nice. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And his green room yeah. was lit. Yeah, what was he doing? They had, like, all types of fruits and veggies oh, okay. and shit and Chardonnay. I don't like it, but it was no. nice to have it. Um, no. I don't like champagne either. Yeah. I like puppy oh, I hate champagne. It, it gets burns. Me, it gets. <laughs> I was going to say, it gives me a hangover before I'm even drunk. I'm like, I'm so good on this. I was like, I, I like poor people shit like Boone's Farm. That yeah. shit tastes good. I just, this is horrible. Just straight cheap whiskey. That's where I'm at. Like, I love it. So you, you didn't host much, but you feature quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? And oh, yeah, because I, I feel like. It takes a lot of brain capacity to host, and I want to try to get into it a mm-hmm. little bit more, but it had to be like on my own terms. And well, it's great that you kind of skipped over to feature. How many times have you headlined? Damn, I don't even know. A few, yeah, a handful. Because mostly I'm just featuring. Because like I feel like when I really want to, like I've done like thirty minute headlines or twenty minutes. I feel like I want to get to where I can 
I could see Dude, it coming naturally. That long storytelling. Yeah, forty-five minutes to an hour is a long time to ask for an audience to pay attention. But I could see you holding on to an audience. Yeah, because I got the attention span of a cricket, and you never know what's <laughs> going to happen with me. You are a storyteller. Oh yeah. Yeah, and that is to me, I think, one of the most challenging forms of comedy. Yeah, because uh, people want bang, 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 like right. Punch but you lines. do that. You do that within your storytelling. Like we have a clip on the Improv TX uh, YouTube page where you talk about going on a date with your friend as a third wheel, and it's hysterical, you know? And so go check out that clip. It's awesome. Uh, but, yeah, it's you tell the story. And you can do just regular jokes, too, because you talk about being a stripper and your name oh, yeah. and stuff like Chicky that. Strip. Yeah. My daughter knows my stripper name. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about stripper name. She says, chicken strip. I was like, shut up. But, yeah, so – you took to that naturally, being a storyteller, you, like your first time going on stage, I take it. When you talk a lot, you know, when you talk a lot, you, you better be a storyteller. Because, like, that's just, like, I'm the type of person, but, like, in conversation, I'll jump from, do, 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 do. so I've always been, like, that. Mm-hmm. Just, who I, like, my family, if you meet my family, it's a few cousins in particular. If you talk to me, you're like, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Because, <laughs> like, we're all talkers, so it's mm-hmm. just, like. On my mom's side, I just talk, 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 telling stories, gossiping, telling the same story three or four times. So it's just, I guess something comes naturally, something you hear all the time. Like, we got stories where we'll talk about, you remember when so-and-so failed? Oh, my God. And we'll just relive the story. Or, oh, you remember that one time you shot at my dad and it missed and it ricocheted? And <laughs> yeah, like, just shit like that. Just That's all we do, like, relive stories and stuff. Is that what you do on your podcast, too? Is it just kind of, like, reliving stories or you do, like, new stories or how do you um, work that? It's a combination, like... We'll just start, oh, we're reviewing a movie, and then we'll go off. You see this shit on TikTok, or then da-da-da-da. Did you, oh, you know this game is coming out? Oh, oh, my God, did you watch that episode? Did you see Luffy? Oh, my God, One Piece, we ain't finishing it. I was going to say, you're a huge nerd then. You love anime. What did we, oh, Kirby. Say the moon, Kirby. Oh, my God, that's awesome. My boyfriend has JoJo Kirby. Oh, that's so cool. So yeah. it's semi-matching tattoos. So you're a huge nerd. And so I know that you talked about that watching anime, <laughs> which is hilarious. But like, I've been watching this where does that come from? Uh, okay, God, it's gonna make me sound with that. I did not have a lot of friends as a kid, and so like, I remember coming over to my cousin's house one day because they had they had uh, satellite and cable. We had fucking antenna, so I was <laughs> <laughs> so I was happy. I was happy to go to that. <laughs> I hear you on that. We had the three channels plus the one that kind of came and in on miss the TV. It, and then you gotta, yeah. oh my god! And then god. you gotta move the smaller dial. It doesn't work. Did you I ever hook see. up the wire and have that the coat hanger and stuff? I like was that? the coat hanger. What the <laughs> fuck do you mean? You have to watch TV and like, mm, mm, I got it. No move. Like oh. shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like it was ridiculous. And like we would try to get in the ch- like the static was so bad. Like I remember watching Seinfeld with like on a black and white TV and it was Jesus such Christ. bad. You ever lose the pliers? And now you can't change the TV. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's bro, ridiculous. So I went to her house and it was like. 3 p.m. It's like 3 something. And the show came on. And I was like, oh, my God. What the fuck is this? It was Sailor Moon. Oh, I yeah. was like, oh, my God. She's klutzy. She good. Oh, this bitch dumb. But she got friends. I was like, oh, my God. And Aww. I was like obsessed. But my cousin was like an OG otaku. He was watching um goddamn Gundam. Like, he had like the G.I. Joes and shit and like Star Wars shit. Like, he was like old school fucking anime so but like sailor moon and then like my mom's like dragon ball z is violent i'm like girl everybody watch dragon ball z <laughs> but it started with sailor moon and i was like oh my god 
I love this. Like, I still have my VHS. I still have my comics, my mangas, my plushies. My daughter cannot have my plushies. When I die, they're to be buried with me. I got my keychain. Like, what you mean? I'm in groups. Like, I got the Funko Pops. Like, I am a diehard Sailor Moon fan. I love Tokyo Ghoul. Like, I'm working on One Piece because Chomper is my baby. I love him so much. It's like, I am like, straight up, I'm, I'm a fucking nerd. I'm not a dork, but I'm a nerd. Did you get into gaming too, or just yeah? My baby daddy ruined it for me, but I'm trying to get back into it. What? Do you, how do you ruin it for you? You ever had somebody just stay on the game? <laughs> oh, the goddamn sir! There's vagina here. <laughs> the fuck are you doing? Like you know those memes where it's like a bitch in lingerie and her dudes on the game. I was like, you bitch. I'm surprised I got pregnant. Hey everyone, it's just stuck jumping in to say thank you so much for checking out the podcast today. If you dig it, please head over to our website at improvtx.com where you can check out our calendar for all the upcoming shows in Addison, Arlington, Houston, and San Antonio. And don't forget to follow our social media. All links in the description. And with that, back to the podcast. I'm telling you, I love retro gaming. I got two arcade machines in my oh, apartment. What you mean? I got my original Sega Genesis from go. 1995. I have my Nintendo 64. I have a Super Nintendo somewhere. Um, I got a PS2. We got the Wii. I'm looking for a GameCube. I love like retro gaming. Yeah, it's the best. Oh, it's so good. What is the craziest thing you ever saw on stage? Whether you were on the show or you were watching a show or whatnot. Ooh, it's levels to that shit. Um, you know they did some places do like uh, nude comedy. No, what? Yeah. Wait, what? Wait, like completely naked? It's levels. Uh, it's, is it's, there is there a reason they do that? Is it supposed I to make you more confident or something like that? I like, don't know. I don't know. You should do no, bitch. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm not good. putting this moose knuckle on stage, no. but you got me fucked up. <laughs> but like, just the craziest thing I've seen is people doing. Nude comedy, like, during COVID, some girl was doing topless comedy to raise money for George Floyd. And I was like, bitch, what the fuck? Yeah. I was like, what the hell? But it's just like people being naked on stage. Mm -hmm. It's like the craziest shit. And I'm like, I'm not knocking it. Mm -hmm. If that's your thing, that's cool. But no. But you actually saw it. You were there and you... No, I didn't... No, I no, saw like clips, of, but... Yeah. That's the crazy thing I've seen. The crazy thing I've seen on stage, I saw a comic make somebody fall out their goddamn chair. <laughs> I've seen that too. Uh, I saw a lady pass out when the comic came in and her, her husband was like... Oh, no. Bitch. Like, he was like, you bitch. <laughs> and she fell out the chair. He was just... She'll come back. She'll be fine. No. The craziest shit I saw. This clip is online. If you look it up, D. Ellis... We were in fucking Shreveport, Louisiana. It was a dude there with no arms. This, this nigga roasted the shit out of him because the dude with no arms drove to the show. <laughs> and dude be at the gun range, like, shooting with his feet and shit. And DL is just... Bro, look at... Uh, it's the... Oh, he was in the back dying. I was like, oh, my God. Like, because dude literally had no arms sitting in the front row. And Diaz was like, you be playing with that pussy with those? With I was like, oh, my God. But isn't he known for roasting? Like, that nigga roasted me at my own damn um, charity show. I was like, you bastard. I was like, I'll never book you again. Yeah, I've never seen him on stage, but I've heard of him through the grapevine. And yeah, I've heard Ms. that Cotton he's... roasted me. One of them talking about, oh, you kind of big. Try crack. I was like, bitch, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, like, God damn, I mean, maybe. What's your writing style like? We kind of talked about it. You kind of just 
make it up. But when you did have to sit down and write, like, how would you do it? I just had an idea and I'll write it down and then I'll go back and build a story around it. But what pisses me off, I have my best ideas when I'm in fucking traffic. Yes. And I'm trying to record that shit or then I'll pull over and be like, or I'll do the dangerous shit, be driving like, I was like, why? Every fucking time my life is in danger. My brain's like, hey, bitch, you know, if you really don't, you know, if you really don't, this idea, bitch. And I'm like, so you just write down like the idea and then you kind of play off of it or do you write down like bullet points you said? Sometimes it just depends. Sometimes I have a whole idea for a joke or sometimes I just have like one line be like, um, like the shit I said about Toro, it's like crack. Once you get on it, you can't get off. I was yeah. like, that would be really fucking funny if it didn't cost me so fucking much money. Yeah. So, or just sometimes I'll just come up like if I have a weird <laughs> dream, I could write it down. So it's just different levels to it. But like with my writing, sometimes I like to let stuff become what it, it will. Like, I wrote a short story for this contest. I never submitted it. I got back to it. It became a book. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. My so mom you... keeps asking me. I was like, you cannot read this shit. Don't you? So don't... you haven't published it, though? Oh, but... I published it. Yeah? I published it. <laughs> I'm not proud of it. Oh, wow. It's, it's raunchy as fuck. Yeah? It's raunchy as shit. What? what, what why? It's called See Me. It's, it's, it's just raunchy and ghetto and just dramatic and ugh. And, like, I had a, pe- a group of a 1,000 people, like, reading, like, the little samples. And they like, dropped the book. And they kind of pushed me to drop in the book early. And then I sold, like, 17 copies. I was like, you fucking whores. <laughs> like, y'all made me rush this book. Y'all can at least help a bitch make $700. But, I mean, it's just, like, it's a book I wrote. And it's, like, I kind of got tired of the characters because I was, like, with them every day. Like, yeah. coworkers. I might go back to it and revise it at some point. But I was like, damn, I'm tired of these motherfuckers. So you self-published it then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I threw a Lulu. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. So... What was the response from the 17 people? like? Oh, they loved it. Yeah? Because they love like, the samples and stuff. And it's like I posted enough that they would get the general story. And then I just finished the book and I published it. But, I mean, it's just. What was that process like? How long did you work on it? Almost a year. Wow, that is Because I already started it. And then I just started writing and letting it go. Because if you look on my Facebook page, you'll still see excerpts from it and stuff. It'll pop up from time to time. But it's just like, I was like, let me just go with it and see where it goes. And because I've always loved reading and stuff. So, you know, yeah. it's like, at least I got a book, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. Did you edit it yourself or did you have somebody edit it? I had somebody edit it, which I probably need to go through a professional source and have it done. But it was like $1,000. And I was like, yeah, it's no. expensive. I'm like, I'm not, no. I would send it out, but you got to send it out with money is the problem for publishers to even read it. So. Oh, yeah. So I'm not even worried about yeah. it. It's just like, once I revise it and I'm happy with it, I'll start selling it with my merch. And didn't you say your boyfriend wrote a book too? Yeah. Yeah, when he was 17, he don't like to talk about it. Yeah, oh, he doesn't like it either? <laughs> well, he doesn't like to talk because he wrote it when he was 17. So he's like, uh, no. Yeah, it's not Because he's on a podcast and the podcast is like, oh, this book. He's like, what the fuck? He's like, no. <laughs> <It's> like, no. <laughs> but he's working on a really dope one now called Wyatt. And it's posted on, you can see excerpts on it, um, Facebook, Twitter. Like, it's really dope. It's like a post-apocalyptic uh, mailman mm-hmm. meets, like, like there's some zombies, there are pirates. It's a lot. It's like, it's good. Yeah. That's but he awesome. kind of keeps, like, let me perfect it. I'm like, it's perfect. Send it out. Like, see, but he needs you to say that because as, as an artist, artists are always perfectionists. And, like, they're yeah. afraid to share anything. And that's why it's so weird because 
I look at comedy like it's an art form. You know what I mean? And it, it is. is. And, and people don't respect it. And it you're, it's very vulnerable. People don't realize how much it takes to be on stage, to find your voice, to be yourself. To talk about the most fucked, fucked up, up stuff. shit. Yep. It's, it's a difficult thing to do because you're giving your heart and soul to an audience, but you're feeding it to them with a spoonful of sugar. And you make the medicine go down, as they say. But like One time I got hit by a car. That's funny, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in your mind, I was in the hospital with C. Sleezes and shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but it's enough to make them laugh. And hopefully, you know, but that's the truth. Like, when you speak your comedic truth, that's where comedy is so great. Because oh, a bit like Richard yeah. Pryor, when he's talking about sucking dick. <laughs> you know, cracking out and shit like yeah, when, he, when he lit the match and he's like, "Who's this?" Bro, that's yeah. my favorite joke. Come on, like, what's your favorite joke? <laughs> this rich barber running down the street. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. It's hard to be on stage because, like I said, I made I crack fat jokes like at myself, and then somebody else made fun of me, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I was like, like, bro, like, what the hell?" I was like, "What I do to you?" But then I was like, "Oh, wait, I opened the door." And and let's be honest, when you look at me. We we deal with stereotypes. That's one of the things that we do. So when you look at me, you're like, oh my God, you're so thing. jolly, bitch. I am not. Yeah. <laughs> I am on antidepressants, bitch. I am holding it together. I need my happy pills. I got three of them hoes left. I'm like, hey, my doctor need, hey, you need to go and slide this little mm. refill through. Shit. Yeah. But the crazy thing is, when I am not medicated, I can write Yeah. way more. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, damn, it's either be level and feel decent. Or just feel like shit and right, and I'm like, yeah, the depression because that's it, it, being creative helps fight it. Uh, you know what I mean? People always be offering me weed. It was like this is me on regular. Why yeah. the fuck would you do that? You don't smoke weed ever? No, never touched it. I get oh, I've touched it, yeah. but like when I used to have a, ca- I don't even know if you remember me. When I used to have a catheter in my chest. Mm-mm. Like that's like the only time I really experimented with it because walking around with tubes hanging out your chest, shit kind of hurts. But like I always get offer free drugs. It's weird. Yeah, well, you're a comedian. That's I, think I mean, it's also I have a vagina. <laughs> I, just, I don't know. I don't know. That could be it too. Because I'd be like, nah, I'm good. Fit for tat. That's horrible. Oh, in LA, baby, they be trying to keep me. Oh, you sure you know what? I'm good. You yeah. got brownies? Good. I'm good, See, motherfucker. When I, you know that there's some of those Look, crackhead and being comics. Sober, a comedian. They roast your ass mm-hmm. for being so. Like, I like to think, bitch. Yeah. Like the fuck. Yeah. And I'm a female. I can't just be out here. Right. Because it's already hard. Well, I want to talk about that. Being a female comedian. Being black, what is it like in this scene or trying to do comedy? You know what I mean? Being black, people want to shove you into like one category of comedy. You can only do black comedy, right? Oh, yeah, I'm ratchet. But the thing about me is I am also professional. I believe in being efficient and effective. So, like, there is a side of me, like, I can go be ratchet, gutter butt, whatever you want. But at the same time, I'm going to be professional. I'm going to show up early. I'm going to ask you how much time you're paying me to perform for. I'm not going to run the light. I hate people, oh, just go, keep going. No, you paid me this right. Unless you finna throw some extra dividends on that bitch, I'm not going <laughs> over my time. Right. I respect the mic, and I get really irritated when people don't. Yeah. So, it's like, I am very professional above all. Being black, <laughs> yeah, people have their stereotypes mm-hmm. and stuff. Being a woman... The craziest thing I had to realize was I'm intimidating. Yeah. I am five foot one. I don't have no kidneys. My knee's bad. I can't fight. <laughs> I don't understand people being intimidated by me. Because you're intelligent. You're smart. You, you've got that wit and you're so quick. Because most people, what are they afraid of? They're afraid that somebody's going to know them better than themselves. Right. And say something that is I have a psychology degree too, so that doesn't Oh, help. see, there you go. <laughs> right there. So whenever you say something that's so shocking, 
to them like i can't believe she said that you know what i mean or i can't believe that she went there like they're afraid of that and they see that on stage where like you have you're fearless you go up stage and you you know you're like a, a, a what is a tigress up there just doing your thing you know what i mean and like you're, you're vicious but you're funny and you're kind and all those things but once you get off stage people see that and they're like oh shit this person's way smarter than me and then that makes them nervous too so and i feel like as a woman sometimes if you do really good sometimes it's to your detriment. Um, I've had situations like that before, or I've had situations where I've worked with, I worked with one headliner. I'm not going to say his name. Like it was me and another female comedian. And like, he was just really vulgar to us that whole weekend, trying to get us to come back to their hotel room and stuff. And it's just like the sexual harassment, like, yo, chill out. Yeah. Like for real, chill out. There's a whole website um, where female comedians share the stuff they've been through. Yeah. And it's like it's a lot. It's terrifying. It really is. And Have you I, seen I, it? No, no. What I what I know about it because uh, you know in the scene there's comparatively how many female comedians and male comedians, and why is that? And you're saying the exact thing. Like, who wants to be sexually harassed when you go to an open mic? And that's part of it too. Like, it's too immediately. Much. With, with the roasting and stuff like that, they're going to go after women sexually. That is always oh, the first I've thing I've been to introduced do. on stage. Oh, yeah. They come to the stage. Really funny comedian. She sell pussy in the uh, in the uh, back parking lot. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. I was like, you don't even know me. Like, yeah. what the hell? And that's that's what's so rough about it is, like, it begins with, like, mild sexual harassment. But it can lead to, like, what you're saying where it's, like, the come back to my hotel room. That's party and blah, blah, blah. And that's that's scary. Like, I don't care who you are. That's scary. If somebody was talking that way to me, like, I would be pissed. Yeah. And then sometimes the headliners are like, oh, well, you were me. I'm going to tell the club you were me. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Because like, you dude. denied them? Like, uh, that happened to a female I know. Like, the guy was, she was like, no, I'm married. I'm not doing this. And he told the club that she was hard to work with and they wouldn't book her anymore. Well, that's the other thing, too, is like you were talking about, like, how they were telling you how to dress. Yep. And how to you shouldn't to act say on this. Stage. You shouldn't say that. You yeah. shouldn't. And then you got to deal with the whole women aren't funny stereotype. You know what I mean? Which I think is bullshit. And I've used to think that, like, oh, women aren't funny. And then I started seeing these women comedians come up and crush and kill. Yeah, it's like it's not a gender thing, which is dumb to say. Oh, you're not funny based on blah blah blah. It's just yeah. it's stupid. But like, I was raised with boys. I was the only girl. Like, I had seven male cousins, my brothers and stuff. So it's like, don't fucking play with me, though. Yeah. Don't play with me. Like this is te- this Texas. I I legally <laughs> can carry a firearm. Leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. Like bro, back up. Well, I'm a tomboy. Like I said, I grew up with boys. Like I was out there. Like I was playing my Barbies, but baby, I had a match car, Matchbox collection. I had Hot Wheels. I was playing with He Man. He Man and Barbie was in a relationship. Like and like I was playing Thundercats. I was wearing my big cousin's clothes. Like. I was at church in a dress with shorts under my dress. At the church, I go pull that dress off in the bathroom, throw on a shirt, <laughs> go outside and climb a tree yeah. in church socks with tennis shoes on. So it's like I'm used to being around guys, and so I navigate myself in a way. Like when we are at a comedy show, you're a comedian, I'm a comedian, we're coworkers. Yes. You're not a male comedian, I'm not a female comedian. Like people are, oh, comedian, I'm a comedian. Don't call me comedian, comedian. No, just I am a comedian. Mm-hmm. So, like, we're comedians. And, like, okay, you got a dick, I got a coochie. Congratulations, yeah. you want a cookie? The fuck? So, that's the way <laughs> I see it. Like, okay, I, these are my coworkers. Like, sometimes I'll be the only girl on the show. Okay, y'all are my coworkers. Like, you know, I'm going to come and say, I'm going to vibe, I'm going to take the fuck off. Just like the same I would do with all female show. We come and we coworkers, we do this shit, we go. Mm-hmm. So, that's just, 
I mean, I treat everybody pretty much the same. Like, I've had instances where, like, people's girlfriends are like, oh, what is he? Nope. No. I'm not telling you shit that's going on while we out of town doing each other. That's, I'm not doing that. I understand. I'm, I'm a girl. I'm your girl. I'm not doing that. Because at the same time, these are my coworkers. Mm-hmm. So, like, no. Like, I try not to get into people's personal business. So, oh, well, did you? Did he, mm-mm, I'm not. Mm-mm. I was in my hotel room. I was asleep. Mm-mm. They party. I sleep. Oh, God, I love sleep. I'm, mm-mm. <laughs> When I was in L.A., everybody was in the comedy club. I was in the back of the damn rental sleep. Bro, just, oh, God. Like, that was, oh, that was the best 45 minutes of sleep <laughs> I ever had in L.A. I was, oh, I'm not going out. I'm not, I don't put myself in a position to see shit and to violate people's person. No. We coworkers. Yeah. Just like, we was at a job. Okay. We clocked out. Bye. Have a it's good day. It's so weird because there's not an HR department in the comedy scene. Bro, like, you know how fucked up it would be? Oh, oh, everyone would be done. Everyone. You know how fucked up it would be if we unionized? <laughs> like, God damn. Yeah, it would be crazy. So, you do clean comedy too, right? Barely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I'll do it, but I don't like it. I was going to say, you... You could work your material into clean comedy pretty I easily. Do, I do the stuttering boyfriend joke yeah. as a clean joke. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it, I could see, but you, I hear it's it's not who you are as a person. It's so, restrictive to me, yeah. but I'll do it. I'll do it, especially yeah. the money, right? I'll do it. What do you, you do corporate events stuff like no, that? No, because you can't do self-deprecating oh. jokes. You can't talk about race. You can't. It's a um, it's a lot of stuff you can't talk about. Yeah. I don't do colleges either because I'm like somebody's just sucking. Fucking crack off somebody dick in the bathroom, but I can't do a sexual joke. Like they was just gang banging a bitch at this bar, oh so but God. I can't talk about some, no. You you did you go to college? Like what? Yeah. Like the fuck? Like yeah. I remember restricted. being eighteen or nineteen, and Chappelle was coming through the college. Oh, that had to be crazy. Yeah, and I didn't go see him, and I remember thinking like, man, I should go see him, and now now I regret it. Like twenty. Now you're doing pop up shows and it's so yeah. shit. Yeah, it'd be crazy. If he ever did here, it was so out of me- like with the time oh, Fluffy yeah. came, it sold out so goddamn quick. I was mad. Yeah. I was like, damn, I can't see my fluffy brethren like shit. Yeah. I mean Ralph Barbosa just put two oh, shows up and he literally I just saw. sold out like that. Shout out to Ralph. Yeah. You're doing good, look. You're doing good. He's doing very good. And I wanted to come see him, but I'll be in LA or I'll be coming back from LA and I know once I get out there playing, I'll be fucked up for like I two think or three what, days. I think what's gonna happen with you is I think you're gonna pop up and just be huge. I really One do. Day. It's gonna happen. I hope so. It's just I got a lot of stuff personally mm-hmm. that I have to overcome. Like self esteem wise, mm-hmm. because comedy was one of the only things I really felt like I was just really good at, and it came naturally to me. Because I tried other stuff like singing and stuff. Like my mom, my bro- my brother. Oh, he's an amazing singer. But I'm a good singer. He's a great singer. Um, my sisters, they're the cute ones. I'm the short, fat one. I'm like, damn, I can't even. <laughs> like y'all got all the height, and I got all the fun. Like no, people are like, what you want to be when you grow up? I was like tall, and I was like, but shit, you know, it didn't happen. And then it's like I see people like I try to do stuff. I was like, and it's just not quite good enough but then when i go into comedy it's like yeah and like i try to stay humble but then sometimes i be like you that bitch yeah they're like oh shit you did that shit so it's like i gotta get my i gotta get myself to where i can just be raw and honest and have an open conversation when i'm on stage like i just saw coco the other day and she got out there and she that was a conversation that was an open conversation this is what i love this is what i hate this is what i'm frustrated by i'm giving you how i feel this is how i see it and once i feel like i can relax and just have a whole conversation where i'm not rushed and i can just be like hey let's just let me just tell you how i feel let me tell you about my experiences this is who i am love it or hate it this is jail judah yeah. So once I can just get to the point where I can just relax and have those open conversations, I feel like that's where 
I'll start to excel. Like the way Ali Sadiq get on stage and just. It's amazing. It's unbelievable. Up. And he sits down half the time and he just sits Look, back I'm starting and, to get that shit. Cause yeah. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I know when I go to open mics, I'll just sit in the store and be like, all right, let's look, talk. I don't even wear heels no more. Like, yeah. I used to wear uh, heels. Look, I'd be a tennis shoes. Yep. That's the way to do it. You I'm, see me in a fucking gala gown and some tennis shoes. Don't say shit. Yeah. My Harley Quinn converse. Say shit. We, you know what it is. You got Harley Quinn converse? Hell yeah. I don't even wear them bitches. I just got them put up. Oh, that's awesome. I was like, fuck. I didn't know you were such a nerd. This makes me so happy. Because so. I, I don't talk about it on stage because yeah. like, black people are just really getting into anime all of a sudden. People are like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm sorry for teasing you back in school. My kid like anime. Fuck you and yeah. fuck your kid. Do you know Angela Walker? Of course I yeah, do. Yeah, she's a huge nerd too. I have always been a nerd. Yeah. I am like, I like puzzles. I like word games. I am on a 1,003 day streak on Duolingo. Like, I play solitaire. Let me ask you one last question. What advice do you have for up-and-coming comedians, people who just started out, like myself? What would you say to them to kind of get them on the right path? Uh, I'm going to say this, uh, which some people might not agree with me. Sometimes people do comedy when they should do therapy. Yes. And don't don't go to, like, the maps. Go to an actual therapist. Because some of this stuff you can work out on stage. Some of this stuff you cannot. No. Um. Like, I love my therapist. Like, I can tell he used to smoke weed and fuck black bitches back in the 70s. Like, he's cool. Um, but, I mean, there's no wrong way and there's no right way. But, no, I want to say there's no wrong way. Don't take other people's shit. Just just don't do it. Um, like, I've been to shows before where comics just ran Bernie Mac set the whole damn time. Don't do that. Find your voice. Try different stuff. How do you find your voice? By getting on stage, open mics. Like that's the only way you're gonna figure out what works for you. Um, that's the only way you're gonna figure out. Okay, um, do I work better with this crowd? Uh, does it work better if I write it and and read it on stage at the open mic? Does it help me remember it? Also, write your jokes. Like get a pen and paper and write it because it helps you memorize it. Like I used to try to mentor these two kids. I was like, write it. Stop putting it in your phone. Write it. And they never listen. Motherfuckers not doing comedy no more. Um, write it down because it helps your brain remember those jokes. But you just have to experiment. Try different mics. Try the improv. Try Deep Ellum. Try Snookies. Like, you got to figure out what your crowd is. Are you good with ghetto crowds? You good with country crowds? You good with everybody? Like, what works for you? Like, Trey Mack, that is my baby. That is my baby. Yeah, Trey's awesome. He can do anything. I be telling him, live in your resume because he can do cruise ships, colleges, come do ratchet shit. He can roast people. Like, and I remember when I first started doing, I remember when I first met him, he was like just a shy little kid. And like now he's like this bigger than life force. You have to figure out what works. Are you a cruise ship comedian? Are you a corporate comedian? Do you do strip clubs? Like, are you on OnlyFans telling jokes while you getting your dick sucked? Like, figure out what works for you. A lot of male comics have OnlyFans. Figure out what works for you. Figure it out. I just, never even thought about that, though. Like, hey, what's your niche where, where do you belong you know within this like so. roxy hayes like she is nerdy as fuck roxy hayes i say roxy hayes is me if i had confidence because that bitch cosplay she talk about doing bdsm with a goddamn do-rag she talk about comedy uh that explain she explained um anime and comedy like that bitch is fucking hilarious yeah and I'm like damn that would be me if i was confident in myself i gotta work on myself self-esteem no i think you got this i think that whenever you get on stage you're a powerhouse. I'm a student of comedy. I have 
oh my god, I have so many Richard Pryor records. I've been, oh my god, I, as soon as I find out Half Price books got, re- I love old records. Like they reprint his record. I like the old ones. Yeah. From like the seventies and eighties. I got a uh, Eddie Murphy. Oh, I have Mom Mabel. I can't understand shit she's saying on there because the sound quality is so bad. But I'm gonna figure it out. And I have books. I have books about comedy. I, oh God, if you have not read uh, Bernie Mac's autobiography, I ain't scared. Read it. It's one of the best comedy autobiographies. I just got Trevor Noah's book. Um, I have Monique's book. I have uh, Said the Entertainer's book. I have the Comedy Bible. I'm looking to get the new Comedy Bible. Mm-hmm. I have this thick ass history of comedy. Like it goes back from slavery all the way to modern day comedy. Oh wow! Like black comedy. Um, I have a lot of books by Daryl Littleton. I am a student of. It. I have uh, Lucille Ball's autobiography. I am a oh, student of comedy. Dick Gregory. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I met him. I did too. You know what? He actually nodded at me, and I thought that was pretty good because I know he's not a fan of white people. So <laughs> I was like, if I got a nod, like an acknowledgement, I was like, right on. And this is about a year before he passed away. So I met him in like either 2014 or 2015, mm-hmm. and like I was standing outside of the club waiting for him to go in, and he just grabbed me like, let's take a picture. Oh, and that's we took cool. a picture, and I like it's one of my best because I looked good. It was like the right <laughs> angle. Like I looked skinny and shit. My wig was popping. My tits look good. I said, look at this. <laughs> it's still on my face, like pinned. I was like, look at this shit. But yeah, like I met so many people that year. I met Dick Gregory. I met Tiffany Haddish. Mm-hmm. I met uh, Coco Brown. Like I met so many people. And like, how do you feel when you meet famous people? Do you get starstruck? The only time I was starstruck was my, like once you meet your hero, then everybody mm. else is cool. Cause I met Richard Round. Oh my God, Richard Roundtree smells so good. I was like, you smell like you need a young bitch in your life. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he smells like he could be a sugar daddy. But it's like once you meet like your heroes and stuff, everybody else is just like, okay. And then I'm like, oh shit, we're coworkers. They're like CEOs and we like goddamn in the mailroom and shit. But you know, it's the same <laughs> shit. And like certain people are so down there. Like Coco, she's so cool. Yeah, she's like, very she, nice. Like, she had me bring my kid up to the improv because my daughter was like, I will hide in your trunk. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, hey, Coco. She said, she's like, bring her up here. And she met my kid. She's like, hey, if you can't talk to your mama about it, call me. Auntie Coco got you. Um, When I met Tiffany Haddish, she was like right after my, like my, I was still dealing with my kidney failure and stuff. And we had a conversation. She gave me her number. She was really cool. Like, this was before she blew up. And, you know, she was like real cool, you know, to just, you know, talk with. But, like, I get, like, these people's numbers and I, like, Every once in a while, like, because eh, I'm like, oh, my God, you know. Yeah. At the same time, I'm like, okay, be professional, be nice, you know, stuff like that. Like, Rodney Perry, I'll text him every once, hey, how you doing, Rodney? You good? You know, stuff like that. I'm name driving. I ain't mean to be that bitch. Hey, it's fine. But it's whatever. But it's like, I communicate with these people. And it's like, once you get to know them, like, on a personal level, because, like, on Clubhouse, I used to talk to Rodney all the time. Like, he think I'm funny as shit. He need to book me next time he yeah, down here. Yeah, like, the improv need to put me on rotation. Oh, I agree with him um, that. I'm, like, that's, that's what I told them over here. I was like, you've got to get her on rotation at the Addison Improv. Because, Cause bro, because you remember I used to come to the open mic every yeah. week in Arlington. Like, I was in that bitch. Yeah. Every day. And that's when you came back. I think... Whenever I found out you were going to be on the Shucky Ducky show, I was so excited because Shucky told oh, me that. So and I was like, what? Because I didn't know what happened. I, you disappeared for a minute. I know. And, I was like. And I was like, she's back? I was like, that's so cool. And the crazy shit. People like, you knew? No, bitch. I'm retro. What and that's what I love about that clip that's online is Shucky Ducky introduces you. Because I'm a huge fan of I love of Shucky. Shucky. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of him. And so when he, I was like watching that clip today, I was like, that is awesome. But shout out to Shucky. He yeah. had surgery. He'll, he's recovering from it right oh, now. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, he had broken his jaw. Oh, no. Got stung by a wasp, passed out, broke his jaw. Now they're 
See, he's such a hard worker too. He's probably out there mowing yards or something like that. Did you like see the picture he posted? I was no. like, they talking about, they talking about somebody threw the chair. I was like, Shuck, stop playing. Like he's a legend. The fact that like youngsters don't really know, like no, like you should know Shuck. It's yeah. like I feel like if you a legitimate rapper, you know Slick Rick. Yeah. You know, cool in the game. Yeah. You know, like if you can't if you can't tell me what come at the lottie dottie, you're not a real rapper to me. <laughs> if you don't like the party, you don't cause trouble, you don't bother nobody. Then I mm. <laughs> So it's like people you gotta know. All right, well, Thank you so much for being on today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Jow Judah, amazing. Anything for Ducky. You know, you know I love you. I love you too. You're going to blow up so big. I can't wait to see it. It's going to be insane. Like, it's going to be. I hope so. Let's manifest it. Yeah, no, right now. We're manifesting Look, it. Look, we need some of Erica Badu coochie candles and just. Yes. <laughs> we can get Erica Badu in here. Where is she at? She's like 10 minutes down the road, you I think. You know, she's a doula. What is that? If I ever get pregnant again, she's going to deliver my baby. She delivers babies. Really? I didn't yes. know that. That's so, awesome. Like, having babies with black women, die, I would. Look, Erica, if I, like, I'll get pregnant just so you can be my doula. <laughs> like, like, what you trying to do? Like, just, just as a Badu baby. Oh, my God. And, and book Jal Judah. Everyone, book her. Yes, book me. Book her. She's hysterical. Did you not hear this the whole time? Like, it's ridiculous. All right. Well, with that said, thank you so much for watching. Uh, support local comedy in any way, shape, or form that you can. And with that said, we'll see you on the next one. And there it is. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If you enjoyed it, please head over to ImprovTX.com to check out all our upcoming shows at the Addison, Arlington, Houston, and San Antonio clubs. If you like this podcast, you might enjoy the other podcasts on the ImprovTX Comedy Network. We have The Act out from open mics to the big stage comedians tell us the story they've made where i talk to comedians from all over and chat about their journey this far also check out the black dog retro arcade podcast straight from the arcade we talk about how our favorite games were made that's right we're talking all that video game goodness and finally we have quacking up a storytelling podcast where we pick suggestions from a hat and tell stories based upon them once again thank you so much for listening please check out our social media all links in the description and with that we'll see you on the next one.